This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am Jared, and joining me today is Chris. Yeah, that's right. Today, Jared gets to uh, host the session because my computer, not even my computer, Microsoft Windows 10 decided to brick my computer. <laughs> Yay, that's a feature, not a bug. That is a that is a huge feature. So uh, you'll have to uh, uh, forgive the audio quality on my end if it's a little bit different because uh, I'm doing this through my phone. <laughs> yeah, it actually sounds pretty good. The good thing about modern technology these days is that even if you are doing things through your phone like that, the audio quality is surprisingly good. Um, yeah. Particularly through things like iPhones, they do tend to have pretty good um, audio stuff built into them. So yeah, I don't really see any problems here. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, so I, um, uh, I noticed a bit of strange feedback happening last week with the uh, the podcast when I was doing post production on it, and it worked. Turns out that um, it's because I wasn't using headphones um, when I was recording last week, and so there was a lot of cross chatter between the speakers and my Samsung mic. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I've just got a bought a nice new set of um, in ear monitor headphones this week by an Aussie company called AudioFly. And um, they're very good little units. They're pretty much the same as like having the big cans on your ear, yeah. but with just the, as much audio fidelity in them. So it's a very oh. good little set. Very nice. It's amazing how far we've come from, uh, you know, back in the day when it was a transistor radio with a uh, single single earbud that was very, mm. very, very tinny. Yep, <laughs> good, exactly. Good, good for listening to a sports broadcast, and that was about it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Until now, you have like I could have this. I bought like the entry level version of this this headphone set, and it was nearly three hundred. Um, but you could go up as far as like this one has two drivers built into the um, the earpieces, so you have like a what they call a dynamic driver, and then a um, uh, another type of driver. I think it's like a, a crossover driver. Okay. Um, and you can get one of these brands actually has four drivers built into one headset so it separates all of the different frequencies out into its own specific driver tuned for that particular frequency so the um the sound you get out of it is like having um like a five thousand dollar stereo system right in your ear um so it's pretty amazing you know what they need to work on though they need to work on an attachment that uh also just like it's like a uh you know, think of like a, a sticky patch that you would put on your chest and then yeah. have that just do nothing but the thump of bass. Because that's the only oh, thing that's missing like from these. Exactly. Like that's the only thing that's yeah. missing from these headsets. You know, they sound really incredible, but you're just but missing you the, the thump bass. of a bass. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's right. And you feel yeah, that really in your chest. That. I don't really miss the actual like the, the thump aspect of it. I'm more about the, the quality of the sound rather than the like the, the passive effects that it gives to you. Oh. So um uh, no, yeah. I, I, that's that's the thing that because uh, I've got. I mean, it blows me away that it's even possible to have with my five point one headphones because it truly does sound like you know sound is coming behind you and all around oh, you yeah. kind of thing. But yep. you miss the thump of a bass, and yeah. so no matter how loud you turn that up, it just does not match if you had your home theater system cranked up loud and that exact same explosion or whatever you know when the floor is rumbling <laughs> yeah true yeah i do remember that at one point when i had like a really big subwoofer the whole room did start to shake and that was kind of cool but you know you really the only time you can really enjoy that is if you're in like a dedicated home theater room right like if you have a decent sound system in your your lounge room uh it sort of doesn't really work as well as having it in a nice enclosed space well, no, a nice and close space is definitely going to work better than anything else. But yeah. uh, that's why you just turn it up louder. <laughs> so, so that's that's the solution, right? I see. That's the solution. You you turn it up loud enough that you cannot hear the person sitting next to you, and yep. uh, and then you don't care. And then you just back <laughs> it down one notch. So you, exactly. You, you you just don't want it to be too overpowering, right? 
know, when, when, when your neighbors, uh, you, when the next time you see your neighbors and they're like, so that was a good movie you watched. <laughs> you get, oh, right. So you did hear that. Good. Excellent. <laughs> That's the right volume. Thank you for, for confirming that volume level. Uh, exactly. Very much. Yeah. Garrett, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, TikTok. <laughs> so last week, um, we mentioned that we couldn't get Blab to work for us. And so we had to go on to uh, Google uh, Hangouts on Air Live. And yeah. it turns out that the reason why we couldn't uh, log into Blab is because Blab is no more. <laughs> no, they've just sort of turned off the, the solution and um, they didn't even put anything like a, like a landing page for the service to tell, hey, no. look, we actually turn it off. It's like, nope, we just turn the servers off and we're done. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really interesting the, the reasons why they turned it off mm. was not because they didn't have a large amount of users, it's just that the users that they had, they realized wasn't going to be conducive to business, you know, yeah. generating more revenue for them, essentially. That's right. Um, so they sacrificed a million plus users. I think it's actually a million and a half plus users per week uh, mm. for the sake of trying to take what technology they have and rejigger it into something else entirely. The thing that they said That's that right. they want to do is have it be on instead of it being a session that you turn on and off, that yep. it's just going to be an always on session. Yeah. Which I don't think it's... will uh, work for our purposes because how are we going to record right. our sessions? Well, yeah, <laughs> really, it's sort of more like just a, essentially it's like a, a chat room that's always on now, really, isn't it? Yeah. That seems to be yeah. the sort of way they're moving, which is interesting because, I mean, it always was a, a beta site. So the site yes. was always being beta. And it's interesting that that's how people were interacting with this service. Like they weren't wanting to so much broadcast. They were just wanting to more talk and have like an open channel to talk at all times, right? Right. Hmm. Which might explain the uh, angry uh, lady that screamed at us that one day. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't really explain that. That's just that angry lady that? going nuts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So now we're using Hangouts on Air Live, which the, the problem that we have with that is we can't just have random people show up into our into our show. We can't announce it on Twitter and say, hey, we're recording right now. Come join us. Because no. we have to send out an actual invite for you to be able to come and join our session. So that's yes kind no. of a bummer. You can, you can make it public. So I've, the session that we're working on at the moment is a public session. So um, if anyone wanted to search um, the, the live the Hangouts on Air site, and actually go there and go, gee, what's running on now? I wonder what, what's on. Well, then they could join our chat session um, as a, uh, a viewer and just listen in just like that. So the way that um, uh, Hangouts on Air differs from um, Blab in a way is that when you set up your Hangout on Air, you do what's called inviting people. So in, inviting people sounds a bit weird because it feels like you go, well, if I want anyone to see it, I need to invite them, but it's not. Um, you're inviting guests and guests are people who can actually speak on the channel. Um, so it, it's sort of like a little bit different like way of referring to it, but it sort of works functionally the same as Blab. Hmm. Yeah. Now, you then informed me that Hangouts is also changing. Yeah, that's right. I When I set up the session today, I saw the message that on September the 16th, Hangouts, is, uh, Hangouts on Air is um, being turned off. Um, but the good thing is that there is actually a replacement. Um, it's YouTube live. So, um, at the moment when you create a hangout on air, any recordings are actually pushed into YouTube anyhow, and then you can watch them or what I do is download the audio, um, after the fact, um, so I can do the, the podcast post-production. So all they're doing is they're just sort of taking one step away from that and allowing users to set up a session directly in YouTube and then stream everything in YouTube. And it just all goes, it sort of stays in one ecosystem, I guess, rather than yeah. being, being in Google Plus and then going over to um, YouTube later. It's um, what they're trying to do is decouple as much stuff from Google Plus as they possibly can. Um, so so Hangouts, <laughs> Hangouts is actually being decoupled into two new apps now. There's one called Allo and one called and something else. Um, so there's they, they're breaking that down into two things. and. And Hangouts itself isn't actually going away. Um, they're, they're more focusing on the business market for Hangouts. So anyone with Google uh, Apps for Business 
will, will be using Hangouts as like their own messaging service inside their organization. But for consumers, um, you've got Google Allo, like A-double-L-O, like, you know, the British L-O-L-O, what's going on here then? Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got uh, one other service, which still eludes me, um, but um, it's basically the the sort of functionality that you got from um, the SMS part of Google Hangouts, if you ever use that. So they're, they're trying to break things down atomically into their own little apps now and get things out of YouTube. So that's the reason why they're doing it. What we're trying to say here is uh, we're not sure exactly what format we're going to be recording this podcast in. Uh, we may continue with Hangouts on Air. We're also looking into using Twitch. Um, yeah. Just because I know some of you are very familiar with that, and it is gaming, and that's what we're about. So yeah. we're looking into. Yeah, we're looking into uh, how to how to work that in. Um, yeah. I'm I'm going to tell you about how Windows totally screwed me uh, in a little bit, but first let's talk about the brand new uh, table that uh, drops on Ooh, yeah. Pinball Arcade. Quit Pinball talking Deluxe. and start talking. I haven't. I still have not heard that uh, call out though. <laughs> oh, I really. <laughs> it starts. I think when you, um, if you just let the table sort of do its startup thing and then like press start and then wait for, to plunge a ball, it will it will say it on mobile. Oh, see, well, why would I wait? <laughs> yeah, just plunge. Why would you wait? So you can hear the the cruddy audio speech from all <laughs> the looks. So um, this was an this was an interesting one because I was able to play it in the beta. Yeah. And any of my gripes had nothing to do with the actual playing of the game, and more to do with the aesthetics that Farsight was setting up that was just making the hairs on the back of my neck twitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the version that you are playing now, yep. if you're on. Uh, anything but the mobile, let's call it that way, uh, mm. playing in portrait mode, uh, or excuse me, it'd be landscape mode. Yeah, landscape mode. Um, the, the words of deluxe are currently underneath the score uh, on the left side of the yes. screen. When mm -hmm. we were in beta, they had that directly dead center middle at the top of the play field, and it was covering the inlanes. Oh, that's not good. And it was the weirdest thing because it was like, why did you put it there? None of your other tables have that kind of thing. I mean, if you think about tables that could do this, it'd be things like Adam's Family with the yeah, thing. Yeah, the thing lights, uh, yeah. Whirlwind, which they for some reason only went with a single box that changes as you're getting it as opposed yeah. to what it should look like, which is which on a Earthshaker, where it's a row yeah. so that you know what you've already gotten. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, side or was it Cyclone? Yeah, Cyclone. And uh, I'm, I know there's other tables that do this, but they always put it off to the side. Yeah, they do. So why they decide to put this in the middle is beyond me. And then to have it cover up a little bit of the play field totally spoiled the illusion. And I'm sitting mm. there looking at it and I'm like, if you just raised it up a little bit higher, it would go into kind of an area that I don't even know why they have it displayed. It's basically this metal grill that yeah. uh, separates the play field from the back box. Yep. Uh, rise. It, it was like, just raise it up and put it into that. I don't know if Farsight has what we call on TV, a uh, TV safe area, which means yeah. you don't go in or out to the very, very edges of your screen because some people's screens uh, would cut that off. So you have yeah. a safe area with, with which to play it in. Yeah. But so I started complaining a lot. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. in the beta, and nobody else was hopping on this, and I was like, "Am I the only one? This is annoying, or or what?" And I went and I was you know saying, "Hey, shrink it down, put it underneath the you know score thing," and we've gotten a message back saying, "Ah, no, we'll have to stretch the score, the score field, or something like that." And I was like, "Why? The deluxe is one and a half times the size of a single row. The scoring—it doesn't make sense. Why don't you shrink the deluxe? I don't understand." So I yeah. wound up going into Photoshop and doing a real quick, uh, you know, copy and pasting job. Did it in all four uh, camera angles and showed, "Look, it fits and <laughs> doesn't yeah. cover up the playfield. Let's do this." And thankfully, they took my uh, my complaining to heart and moved it to where it currently is. Um, 
so I was rather rather glad that finally in beta I was able to get something enacted. Um, yeah. Now the other good. thing which I haven't been able to confirm because my computer no longer works, um, mm. but in the beta the with the inlanes right before the bumper it's metal. Yes. For some reason they're glowing white hot, as oh. if there was a light shining directly on top of them. Okay. <laughs> That's and unusual. There is a light underneath it, and just above it, there's a light, you know, in the slingshots. But there's no reason why the tops of those should be lit. And what it reminded me of was back when we first got, and and this is again DX11 lighting, so you may not have, you know, even seen it no. uh, in mobile. But if you look at their video of the table playing, you will see it. Now again, whether that video was recorded before they made a fix or not, I can't tell, you know, from the actual release because I have no way of checking it right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it reminded me back when they first introduced DX11, a bunch of the tables looked like they'd been dipped in nuclear goo and were just glowing yeah. abnormally. Yes, um, I remember that. I remember Attack from Mars and Cactus Canyon being the main offenders. Yep. Um, you know, when, when the coin door is glowing, that's <laughs> <laughs> not right. That's not right. And basically what I, the best I could guess was that they were applying a lighting filter that was oh anything that's kind of got a highlight we're assuming is from a light and let's just make it glow even more to mm. simulate that the light is glowing so we had coin doors that were lit like there was a spotlight on them but meanwhile uh you know bart on cactus canyon is completely dark you know yeah. so things that should be lit aren't lit and things that were metal were brightly glowing so they wound up backing down from that and fixing it and most of the tables look pretty dang good now yeah. Um, we don't have that issue. So all of a sudden, when I see this on 8-Ball Deluxe, I'm like, what the heck is going on with that? Now, <laughs> yeah. Flippy Floppy promised that uh, he was going to try and have the art department fix that. Um, so hopefully in the actual release, uh, you know, I'm complaining about something that has been fixed. I don't know. But yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, why are we taking a step backwards? And it really frustrates me because this table, obviously – is a pretty simple build for Farsight. No ramps, is, yes. no multi-ball, no toys. Um, you know, it's, it's drop targets and you know, pop bumpers. That's, that's the extent much. of it. That's all single-level play field stuff, like pretty much bread and butter, bread and butter pinball layout stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really wonder why it got kind of the short change on certain aesthetics where you just kind of like, I can't be the only one that was looking at that going, no, there's something wrong with this. Can I? Um, or maybe that, that was just it. The table was too simple for anything to really stand out and bother people. I don't know. Um, I think that, I think one of the things that frustrates me from an audio perspective is just that everything, when the ball contacts anything on the table, it's metallic. Everything has a metallic noise. So if you're shooting, uh, like into a rubber object sounds like yeah. metal um mm. and it's just not right like <laughs> it, it it's such a simple table like this is what we we're saying when they were beta baiting a beta testing the um uh or the em tables in like five power fireball and um uh eldorado. eldorado i was saying guys you need to get this 100 right because there's no um error margin here people will only be looking at the table and look like focusing very much on the sounds that these tables make and because they're so simplistic it's you, interesting you can't that, not it's do a great job yeah it's interesting that you say that because i've been playing uh on mobile uh the free table one of the free tables was big shot yeah and uh since i am horrible at doing any kind of nudging <laughs> or and my thumbs are too big because I'm playing on a, a, a an iPhone. iPhone five, so yeah. it's small and it has small. a bigger screen. Um, so I, I hate covering up flippers or whatever. So Big Shot was kind of an easy table to play on the mobile. But what I noticed was, my God, did I hear that ball rolling sound yep. louder than anything? And the thing that annoyed me about it was, it's the same sound regardless of how fast the ball is rolling. That's right. It's it's not variable at all. It's basically just no. one can sound of a ball yeah. rolling up and down the table all the time. Um, I and you would you a, would almost think too that the sound of the ball rolling up the table would vary a little bit from the sound hmm. rolling down the table. I don't That's know right. why I think that, but it, it just I don't. It, it was one of those things that I think you're right because there was not much else to focus on on the table. 
and because it was you're very apparent. Yeah, yeah, it was very, there's no very background apparent. music. Like there's no background music overshadowing it. It's basically just the odd tonal bell, and that's it. You yeah, know? and it's it is so it's very apparent that effect. I know what they were trying to do with it, and uh, it's kind of nice to for them to think that it, it was you know we need to actually add ball roll sounds in it. But really, mm -hmm. the majority of the tables it could probably go really. Um, yeah. It, it, it doesn't really add anything because you're right. It doesn't, if it was a dynamic sound that they had like maybe for, you know, like a, an up table motion and a down table motion and then a side to side motion, like mm -hmm. a rapid side to side or something like that, you know, that would be probably okay. Um, but it's just this one sound that then gets cut off. If it does something, then restarts again. It's, it doesn't sound very convincing at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, but enough about our complaints. Let's actually talk about the table itself. Which, yeah, that's right. Which, all things considered, it's getting pretty high notes on the forum. People are loving it. I think it plays yeah. pretty good. It, yes, once again, it is fast. Way too fast. Way too fast. Um, way, way too fast. That being um, said, though, the drains that are happening are the drains that happen on the real table. Ah, very um, good. See, I wasn't. I don't have that point of reference for this table because I haven't had enough hours on it um, yeah when you shoot those when you shoot those uh, the, the the drop targets that are all in a row the, mm -hmm. the multiplier drop targets yeah it is every bit as dangerous on the real oh, okay and it, it, you know you think oh yeah let me hit those those are one two three yeah but it'll go straight down the middle on you um right so yeah that they they definitely got very accurate on it um I just found most of the draining I, I felt was I was perfectly fine with. It's just the table is moving too fast or, or yeah. traveling too fast. And the flippers are too powerful. Yeah. Um, so, but that's that's our, been our complaint all along with all these. Yeah. You know, they, they, they treat everything like it's a late '80s, early '90s pinball machine rather than era specific. It, yeah, they do, and it's just it's no good. It it, it is just no good. You should. Like I said in the last episode, it needs to be almost like you can't make that upper play field easily. Like it shouldn't just fly right. up there like it's, you know, basically you're playing the table flat, which it sort of feels like at the moment as far as the strength goes. It's like you've got the table pitch so flat that it's just flying up there, but yet it comes back down. As, as it was pitched. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, it's, it's, really so it's, flat, it's flat on the flip and then pitched on the return. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Which means, which, which in my mind means that it probably has more to do with uh, the physics engine that Farsight is running with, mm. and less to do with how they're setting up the table, you know, the table pitch. Um, yeah, because you know, they and, and they the like. Because right? I know they do have like discrete parameters for table pitch and stuff like yes. that. they can adjust, which is sort of like a global setting. But I think you're right. The underlying physics um, of how. Uh, table behaves as far as ball travel goes i think yeah. that is the the actual issue here like they could they could pitch the table as high as they or steep as they wanted but it wouldn't make any difference because for some reason that that particular parameter isn't being interpreted with the underlying physics engine yeah so something is going on now according to the newsletter this also happens to be one of the tables that they borrowed from uh arcade expo uh, okay yep cool um and so they were in the beta, they were mentioning there were certain kickouts um, and stuff where they weren't sure, hey, is that the way it's supposed to play or is it just because the machine is old? And yeah. a couple of people actually confirmed how it was behaving. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it all, I always do find that worrisome for Farsight where it's like, how much guesswork are they putting into it going, well, but assume it was fresh out of the box, how would it play? As opposed yeah, to exactly. no, but you don't understand. Fresh out of the box, it played, you know, like this a certain way. Still, yeah, yeah. you know, it wasn't going to play like a modern, fresh out of the box. But no, that's right. That being said, it still is definitely a fun, fun table. Oh um, yeah, those drop it, targets are a lot of fun to aim for. And they are, and it and it really nails that. Ah, I just got to get one more play in. Oh, it so it sure does. Like I'm just playing the game, going, oh, I like. I think I. I think during the beta, I got some goals, but then they reset because it was a yeah. beta. Um, yeah. And I I went through them and, and got some of them again, but there's some good goals in there. You've got to like, 
get a lot of extra balls, I think, as well. Um, and they're fun to get in this table because you've got to just, it's all drop target driven. So you pretty much got to get the drop targets down enough times and then you'll start getting extra balls and specials and lots sort of cool stuff. Um, and it's it's fun. It's a fun game to, to play. I, I think it would be much better if it was slower because you really get that that feeling of dread as it came back down the table right. um, at you. And that's what's missing at the moment. Um, if they could do that and sort that out, it would be a reference table for that era in the in the game. Oh yeah. I well think. just imagine if they if they were able to figure that for that and they applied that kind of filter to you know Xenon to Firepower to Gorgar Dino Genie. Um well no Diner plays pretty fast. Okay. No, See, Diner I, actually does play pretty fast. You think Diner came after Taxi and Taxi was a pretty fast table too. Fast. Yeah, that's true. Um it's any of those no, single level play fields, right? Any yeah, of those the single levels, fields. I'm talking ta tables that were from 82 and before, essentially. Yeah, five now, um, for example, you know, all those ones. Even even high speed. Yes. That yeah. was that yeah. is a fast table, but it's blazing fast in TPA. And it's hard to make that upper ramp. Like you yes, to make it that, is very hard to make that upper ramp. It so only just saying. squeezes around the top. It things like Pinbot when you're shooting up the um the the ramp to the upper play field on right. Pinbot. You know, that's a that's a tough shot and it will reject a lot of times. Yeah. Um so yeah, these are the ones that could really benefit from that type of like baseline physics tuning, I think. Yeah. And and again, that's to me, that would help capture the the magic of that era of pinball. That's right. Separate it from the modern era. You know, give you a different taste of. It's not just, oh, these were old tables and the computer chips weren't good enough to give us, you know, all the the wizard mode stuff. It was also just how they were physically built. That, yeah, that's right. Uh, that made them play the way they played. So, I do hope that one day they'll be able to uh, to get in that. Uh, mm. I, I seriously doubt it, though, unfortunately. Yeah, I think they're kind of constrained a little bit by the underlying physics engine. Look, I'm, it'll be really interesting to to get some comments about this from Farsight and actually have them comment on the current state of physics um, and what they actually can and can't do. Essentially, what are the known issues with the engine that they just can't fix? Um, Which without... technically we could ask because on the Pimble Arcade fans forum, uh, one of the Farsight employees came on and made a, uh, an unannounced message saying, hey, ask me anything. I'll answer all your questions. It was like, ooh, an AMA session with Farsight. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Um, we, I didn't even notice it until uh, guy, he posted it like 1.30. I didn't even notice it until probably 7.30 that night. So he had already gone home for the day. Yeah. I started, I asked a question. I told Jared to ask a question. I posted to Twitter, hey, people ask questions. The next day, everybody was asking questions, and here we are Saturday, and we still haven't gotten a single response. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. I'm going, what are we doing here? Why even bother if you're not going to be in there answering them within, you know, two hours if you're in business hours? Like, it's just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Or is it the typical thing where we would have to, uh, back when we were interviewing Bobby, we would kind of send our questions ahead of time so that they could get them filtered through the this is what we can say and this is what we cannot say filter. Yeah. For, <laughs> and maybe it's guarantee that was what is going on here. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? I really want to do outreach to the community. I'm going to let them ask me anything except for those questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was even my, my opening statement in the, uh, my opening response was, Oh, you're stepping into dangerous territory, but okay, let's go for it. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let, let's run with this. Shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the, the, the Farsight employee that was asking it, uh, I don't even remember the whole screen name. It's uh, Fredo. I'll bring it up now. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a Godfather reference. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so it's yeah. Fred, Fredo's son of Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, whoever that is. Um, at the time when he posted that, he had only had 11 uh, posts to our forum. So either he's a new Farsight employee or he's a Farsight employee who just never bothered with our forum. And if that's the case, you're going to find out why it's dangerous to deal with our forum. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting test to see exactly what answers come back. Uh, I'm just looking through, I'm flicking through the thread now on my tablet and I'm not seeing any responses yet um, from 
the original poster. So, so hopefully we'll get something on Monday. Mm. Uh, hopefully, from now. hopefully, hopefully. But if not, well, you know, it's Farsight. <laughs> mm. there, there's some good questions in there. There's a lot of people just essentially taking taking the uh, thread as a reflection of what's happened with these threads in the past and just putting random questions about rubbish in there. Exactly. Um, some of which are amusing, some of which really aren't. And I pondered actually just deleting them because they had, they had no value to the, um, the conversation, but I'm going to leave them in there for now. Um, but there's a lot of questions about physics, um, which is yes. interesting. Like the, uh, I think, you know, the Wii U has actually got physics three at the moment, haven't they? Because they were released and they applied flipper, flipper physics three. Flipper physics three. So whenever we're talking about physics, we're talking about flipper physics because there's no, as far as we're aware, there's no way of changing the underlying baseline physics. They can only right. like basically really affect how the flippers operate, which is great, but it's only one aspect of it, right? <laughs> right, and that's that's what we're looking forward to with the Stern Pinball app, because apparently hmm. with that, they are going to have an actual new physics engine, physics engine 4.0, because they are on their third physics engine right now yeah. in uh, Pinball Arcade. So the the deal is, is by doing flipper physics, or not flipper physics, but physics 4.0, that's, it's going to require uh, better platforms. Mm -hmm. So it is going to, you're not going to be able to play this on your iPad one. You know, it's, you're going to have to be on more, more modern uh, processors and everything else like that. Um, yeah. So we are, it's one of those things that what we've heard is, well, if we can get it up and running for Stern Pinball app, some of the stuff might filter into uh, the pinball arcade. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Like they, they want to release it first and get it updated in Stern and then see what they can retroactively apply in um, the pinball arcade standard. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely what they want to do. I mean, why wouldn't they? It's essentially the same code base except for um, direct emulation of Stern, really. Yeah. Because they've got all the um, they've got the assets and they've got access to the uh, the, the emulation um, framework. So, yeah. Now, interestingly they? enough, I've uh, the next table. If you haven't guessed it, <laughs> if you haven't seen it's Simpsons, yeah, Simpsons Pinball exactly. Party, of course. Yeah. Uh, so the, <laughs> the newsletter came out, and rather than put a cryptic uh, clue as to what the next table was going to be, they put one of these uh, squeezed font images that if you hold it flat and look at it, then all of a sudden you can read it and it looks like, you know, very long letters and it yeah. clearly says Doctor Who because yeah. they already announced it was coming out in September. So it's going to be Doctor Who, but uh, they're going to have this thing pumped into beta really quick from what I understand. All right. Because okay. they've been working on it for a while. Yeah. And one of the things that I understand that they're going to be trying to do is they're going to be trying to put in uh, PC level graphics and testing it on the mobile and seeing how oh. the mobile reacts to it. Oh, very nice. Bring it on. So <laughs> my, it'll my be an interesting... tablet is ready. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting test to see uh, what they can get away with and, and how everybody's uh, devices. Let's hope, uh, deal let's with hope it. that the, um, the, the PC level assets includes sound as well. <laughs> because um, 11 kilohertz sound as opposed to 44.5 kilohertz sound makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's bring it on. Let, let's just unload everything into it. I can. I know that some people in the beta testing um, forum are already going, oh, my device is going to chug. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> some people are still locked into two-year-old devices because of their plans. Right. You know? Right. Now, the big mystery is going to be, are we going to see Doctor Who regenerated? Hmm. That is at the interesting. Same time. I don't think they'll be doing it at the same time. They'd probably do the main table first and then they do regenerate it afterwards. Um, because it'd be hard to beta test two at the same time. Like I it, agree. Yeah. And then regenerate is going to be a whole mess of beta testing because basically Farsight created their own ROM. Yeah. That's going to be quite interesting to see how much they've redone and what they've actually had to, and how they've actually done it. I don't know. Yeah, how they're, they scripting, they're scripting their own table. They're writing their own DMD screen. They're, 
they're scripting oh. an entire D, a DMD table. We know how yeah. that went with some platforms, <laughs> some um, game offerings before. Uh, yeah, but that was scripting while while still trying to emulate, you know, doing fake emulation. So this is Farsight creating their own rule set, more or less. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll be curious to see how much of it is using the actual Doctor Who Logic. ROM and that they're just attaching things onto it, you know, taking yeah. out and attaching on. Uh, it'll be very curious to see what... Uh, changing the assets, maybe. So changing yeah. all the, the faces of the Doctor and all that sort of stuff. It'd be interesting, yeah, to see just how different it actually is. Because it's supposed um, to have all new audio. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that will be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't even think I want to speculate on how that's going to be. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll wait and see, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big wait and see. No doubt yeah. about it. But um, if we can get PC quality assets on um, mobile, I think that's a, a good test for how um, the Stern Pinball Arcade app may look on platforms that aren't Oculus. Right. Because, of course, we're still waiting for the embargo to be lifted, which is one of the questions I asked in the Ask Me Anything forum. When do we expect that to actually come? Um, and I noticed that I think um, one of the, the, the forum followers, Andrew Driver, um, who follows us on Blarcade also asked Stern that in one of their tweets as well. It's like, when, when are the real reality people <laughs> going, yeah. to be getting, going to be actually getting this to play on every other device except for Oculus? And it's it would be nice if they just gave us a ballpark, like, you know, first quarter 2016 or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, sorry, 2017, you know? Now, speaking of VR, uh, Zen announced that they have five more tables that are going to be uh, made available for the uh, their Oculus version. Yes. Um, again, these are more of their older tables being put in. They're selling it as a uh, five-table pack. I believe it's twenty. I want to say it's twenty-four dollars. Um, yeah. For those okay. for those five tables, um, but. Uh, Based off what people have, based off what people have said of Zen's VR versus uh, Pimble Arcade's VR, Zen's VR is pretty dang uh, nifty. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good. I think you'd be getting a twenty-four bucks value out of that. Because let's be serious: if you forked out the two thousand dollars to get a PC and the Oculus hardware, I don't think you're really going to be griping too much about twenty-four bucks for a new table packs, right? <laughs> We, we we can hope there's not too much griping. Yeah. Um, well, there will always be griping because it's the internet. Yes, but exactly. It's just the, the, the level of disdain for the pricing. Um, look, I don't know. I I think five tables, 24 bucks. What does that work out per table? Five bucks a table. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> I, think, I think I can afford. If I was, yeah, I think I'd be okay with getting a full immersive VR experience for five bucks. I think, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you pay less for a ride on a on a um, like a fairground roller coaster. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you put it in perspective, and um, it, I think it's pretty good value. Yeah, the sting probably is the fact that it's it's tables that have been out for years and years on Zen, mm. and so many people may just be like, "Ah, this table, you know, really paranormal." The, you know, yeah. it's um, so I think that that I remember where the sting was playing be. paranormal. I, at one point, they actually accidentally left in 3D on mobile, oh. and I, I remember playing Paranormal on like it was like my TF300T transformer tablet, which had a Tegra processor at the time, but it really kind of struggled a bit with like rendering 3D um, uh, <laughs> while playing while keeping the frame rate at 60. Um, but it, that being said, even if though it was a bit choppy, I had a hell of a lot of fun playing it. Even though it looked pretty terrible, like I was no. playing, it going, "Wow, this is this is pretty incredible on the screen." Because it was one of those I just had like a a twenty two inch like computer monitor that just yeah. happened to have, and that particular tablet had HDMI out. So of course, when it detected an HDMI signal, it, it signal it also sent the three D um, stuff in it as part of the. Oh, okay. um, the thing. It was just accidental. I shouldn't have told them about it. I said, <laughs> "Wow, this three D is awesome." Can we like look at getting this done more on mobile? Oh, yeah, that shouldn't be in. Turn it off. Oh, no, <laughs> no, don't turn it off. And this is so why sometimes... we can't have nice things. 
sometimes <laughs> when you report a bug, it's not a good thing. <laughs> they, it wakes up the Kraken and they go, no, you cannot have this. Warning. The following contains little to no actual talk about pinball. So, uh, my PC kind of wound up having a major bug. <laughs> yeah, as in it doesn't start anymore. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I've been a Windows 10 user. My uh, computer is set up with a uh, two hard drive RAID configuration. Oh, right. Okay. That explains it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I've had no issues. Um, I've been getting more and more frequently, though, these blue screens of death. Yes. Um, where it was almost to the point where probably once or twice a day, I was getting mm. some, you know, memory management loss or this or this loss or, you know, whatever. And I was really worried that it was uh, my computer, uh, that something was going on with my computer. Yeah. Um, it turns out that, no, it was something to do with Windows. <laughs> yes. Because um, apparently this was happening, happening a lot. Right. The deal with Windows 10, uh, Microsoft has pretty much said that they want this to be the last OS that you ever have to buy. And that they'll just continually okay. upgrade it. Um, and uh, they want everybody to be upgrading because obviously if everybody's operating on the same operating system, then they can handle bugs. It makes and, it easier for them to, absolutely. Yeah. It makes it much easier for them to support. Exactly. Um, so they've already phased out Windows XP. I don't know if they've completely phased out Windows 7 yet. Um, I think it's getting to the point. I think it's getting to that point. We've got Windows 7 installed on our home PC that we don't really use anymore. And I'm sure that yeah. if I turn it on again, it's going to be moaning, <laughs> moaning excessively <laughs> that I need to update it, like right now. Right. So uh, about a week and a half ago, I turn on my computer and I get a blue screen of death. And it says, inaccessible boot device. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's not a good one. Uh, <laughs> That's a really bad, really bad error message. <laughs> and so it tries to boot about two more times and it goes, we need to repair your PC. I'm like, what oh, the heck? We need to, we need to repair your RAID arrays so um, it, using your recovery system. So it, yeah, so, so it gives me the option of doing uh, a recovery point. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I wound up finding a particular recovery point that I could keep on going back to. But then yeah. because Windows 10 does not let you shut off automatic updates, it kept on trying to push these updates through. And within, you know, a day or two, usually within a day, I would get another inaccessible boot device. And I'd have to go through the whole process again. Oh, and boy. it was really, really annoying. And it turns out that what it was trying to do was uh, Microsoft Windows has what they're calling Windows 10 Anniversary Edition. This is basically a complete rewrite of Windows 10. <laughs> uh, and they're pushing hard for everybody to to do this. Migrate to it, yep. Right. So my computer was trying to migrate to it, and something was going on that it wasn't happy. And uh, my my computer guru wasn't – he was looking into it, but he wasn't able to figure out what was going on. Yeah. So two days ago, I turned on the computer – and it forced through the anniversary edition update, at which point it no longer had any uh, uh, restore point for me to go to. Because <laughs> when it updates a major release, it just toasts all that. Yeah. Toasts all of that. And so I absolutely positively could not get onto my computer. It was super balked. Mega, mega balked. Brick City. So yeah. I took it to him uh, last night, and we tried every which way possible to get back uh, to a previous version. We were, yeah. you know, downloading onto uh, uh, USB sticks, trying to boot from there. And what it wound up, we were able to, thanks to the magic of DOS and him knowing how to talk in DOS, which thank yes. God because I don't. Um, we were able to safely grab all of my files and dump them to an external drive. Oh, that's um, fine. They just reinstall it. <laughs> that's, that's all you need well, to do. And, that, and that's what we were thinking. Oh, we just need to reinstall, right? Just with that well, RAID. But no, but <laughs> Don't that's worry the thing. We, can't, we couldn't separate the RAID because that's how it's set up with the motherboard. We would need to actually have Windows operating, and then we could go in and separate it. Okay? So you couldn't just go and format the disk? Nope. Um, 
So, could. I mean, there is a way of doing it, but I'll let you continue on your story there. <laughs> no, but there wasn't a way. That's the problem because what turns out is it no longer was recognizing these drives. Yeah. Like the, the, the plane does not recognize that there's any drives there. And we're sitting there, we're like, what the heck? We just in DOS were able to find them and dump to them. Yeah. So we, we it was seriously, it's like big mystery last night, up until two in the morning trying to, to figure this out. Um, and what did you find out? Eventually he threw his hands up in the air and was just like, give me some time. What we did do is we pilfered a hard drive from uh, <laughs> the computer that I had my son using <laughs> that was still running XP. And we're like, you know what? He's not using this much. <laughs> and so I, we took the hard drive out of that, which was all of 75 gigs as opposed to the terabyte that I have oh, with, the, with the RAID. And uh, we loaded Windows 10 onto that with the intention of, well, that will allow us to then access the RAID drives. Yeah. Um, but then when we went to the device manager, nope, they don't pop up as a drive. They does recognize that they're there, but they do mm. not pop up as a drive. So they're they, completely bricked. Yeah. So, Sounds like they need to be reformatted. So, so just, he looked at uh, all sorts of various message boards today, got back to me. Turns out this is an oops by Microsoft. Oh, Christ. They well bricked everybody that has RAID drives. Right. Wow. Um, <laughs> apparently, they were warned about this by somebody saying, hey, this isn't going to work. And Microsoft was like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. And then it wasn't fine. And Microsoft went, uh -oh. um, we'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're now going, oh, great. We've pretty much bricked half the world's computers um, with this update. Wow. Well, it's, it's actually not half the world's computers because, he, as he pointed out, any business that is using RAIDs, they're not using Windows 10. <laughs> well, you know, for, the, um, for those people that are using it at home, it's, it's the gamers that have it set up. Now, what the, the problem is, is that I was, we had it, he had it set up that it was, what do you call it, striped. So yeah. both drives were being used as opposed to having one drive being a backup to the other drive. Yeah, if so it was set up as shared storage, basically. So you're right. A, if it if it was set up the other way, it wouldn't have been a problem. But because it was set no. up as shared storage, that's where the problem lies. Yeah. And because it's set up as shared storage, it's glued or, or married to the motherboard. So yes. we can't just pull it out and attach it to some other computer and make it all happy. No. Um, so until Microsoft makes a patch, unless I want to lose absolutely every ounce of data that's on those things. Um, you kind of just have to wait until they yeah. and keep watching the forums. Boy, they better be working on something like that pretty quick because there's yeah. going to be Windows users raging about that. Um, <laughs> like nothing else. I mean, the yeah, other so option is that if, if it was a thing that you just went, you know what, I'm just scorched earth approach like I would probably be doing at this point. If I could get all my files off like you did, I would just go. Well, on. I hope I got all my files off. That's the thing. Like I know mm -hmm. that I got all the photos. I know I got all the music. I'm, I know I got all of my uh, documents for the most part because I'm, I'm pretty sure I know where I save everything. But mm. now and then you're not sure if something, you know, that you downloaded and you never migrated over to some other area or whatever, you know, who knows if we for sure got every last ounce of data off of there. Mm. The, the piece of data that I'm wondering and hoping that we did grab, <laughs> but I'm going to be rather annoyed if it isn't. Yeah, that save file for uh, Pinball Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if I have to go through and get all those damn wizard goals again. That'll be I'm... somewhere in the Steam directory on your computer. Yes, and that's I... where I'm not sure is because of where Farsight had it saved, it wasn't in the where all the other Steam games saved their data. Of course Farsight not. saved it someplace else. Yeah. That seems to be something they love to do because they do it on mobile yes. as well. They put it in this inaccessible location that you can't back up unless you're rooted, um, yeah. which is why the save game location um, help article exists that I wrote. Because <laughs> everyone goes, like, huh, it's ridiculous. Anyhow, um, the, the, so what else? Was, is that near the end of the sorry tale? <laughs> yes, that's, the, that's where we're at right now. So basically, I'm going to get the computer back with a 75 gig hard drive which will you know allow me to re-download steam and uh, that's about it <laughs> mm. yeah uh, you know i'm not gonna be able to store my photos on it i'm not gonna be everything's gonna be have to be on an external hard drive which of course causes 
uh, I used to have all my music on an external hard drive and iTunes would have a fit with it. Yeah, It, it's, it it's... never wanted to update properly and would take forever and was just a nightmare. Um, and ever since I had it on the actual drive, then it worked perfectly fine and I'm not looking forward to it being back to that. Um, yeah, that's not going to be a fun time. Yeah, iTunes is pretty strict where it stores media for some reason. It uh, doesn't like things to be messed around. It expects everything just to be on the one computer, just like you would if you had a Mac, you know? Yeah. And even yeah. Macs now have things like external, like Mac-specific external drives, you know? Right. That, that you would think that they'd actually have that sorted out, but clearly not. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, when, when we talk again next week, hopefully I'll be back on the computer and we'll see how annoyed I am or not. Uh, uh, based off of what files I was able to actually attach back to it. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, I was actually there's this, it's funny you mentioned that because there's this thread in the Android um, forum at the moment about, is there any way to merge the goals from different devices? And uh, one of the regular posters in the Android forum, Spork um, 98765, um, was posting about it. And apparently, um, he asked, you know, surely there'd be a way, you know, if you're playing on mobile, of course, you might be playing on your phone or your tablet, right? So if you earn goals on one device, um, you would think that um, you could just save it on that device. And then when it uploads it to Google Play, it'll do like a, a merge between your goals and sort of merge everything together and keep track of everything, everything across devices. Right. Um, well, it doesn't do that at the moment. And um he said, you know, is there a way? And I originally commented that, um, no, think of it at the moment, think of it as a snapshot of that device. There's no diff mechanism in Google Play services that can merge the data. And I said, I added to that, I said, you need to be quite vigilant when earn goals across devices. Back up when you earn a goal on your primary device, seek that to the other devices once earned, and then reverse when you earn goals on other devices. So you've got to like manage everything at the moment. And it's not ideal. Well, and it's totally so, legitimate. It's a legitimate gripe because uh, I know many of the mobile game, well, I call them mobile games, but the games, the apps that my son has on his tablet, um, all the save data is filed in a cloud. So yeah, that's it doesn't right. matter what device you go on to, so long as you log in, it knows yeah. it knows everything. So See, he can problem. even use a friend's device, and so long as he logs in with his username, boom, all of his save data is right there. That's right. And this is the this is a problem. Like, I, I've played games like that too, like, for example, Skyforce which is a great shoot -em up on Android that I talk about a bit. It has a cloud save function where everything is saved to the cloud. So the problem with the way Farsight has done it is they treat the device as a canonical record of, right. of events. But what they really need to be doing is treating the cloud as a canonical record. Yes. Um, and Spork corrects me in saying that um, when I said, think of it as that there's no diff mechanism in Google Play services that can merge the data. And he actually says there is. Um, so I just saw that then. So I'll take a look at that. Um, and um, you get, it does go on to the technical details about how to do it based on the docs in uh, source. So that will be interesting. Then he goes on to add, um, after my quote about you need to be quite vigilant about you know backing up um, devices, he says, no, stop supporting this idea that the end user has to play along with Farsight's UI Explorer, GUI-based poor design game. Um, until you, referring directly to me here, until you, until I and the beta team stop enabling these poor decisions, then maybe some changes can be made. As I showed already, the definitive answer you gave is not correct. There is a way to merge these snapshots and create a resolved final version. Perhaps Farsight doesn't know about this because no one has asked. Well, it's a fair question, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's ask <laughs> and uh, we'll see what we can find. Um, I do love the, I do love the personal attack that he gave us there on right. a, on a group of people that don't actually get paid to do this yes. and um, do it in it's this spare time. Do. So yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, uh, well, we know that, that we're we're the ones responsible for all of the Farsight's bad decisions. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will yeah, say me me in particular, like because right. until I and the beta team, yeah, because I actually lead the beta team because I'm employed yeah. by Farsight. Like, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the one bad thing about the cloud saves is that uh, we discovered this with my son playing Plants vs. Zombies uh, Garden Warfare 2. It was great because he was able to migrate from the PS3 to the PS4. Yeah. Um, all of his uh, uh, save data, they were able to then open up stuff. That was great. The bad thing was that me as a user uh, didn't get any of that. 
Like it wasn't that it downloaded, you know, in the past it would have just, hey, any user on the PS4 will have all of this stuff. Nope, it's tied directly into that user. So we had to be very careful. There was, he decided he wanted to pay the extra 10 bucks for uh, the deluxe version of the game. Because mm. uh, it unlocked a couple of other things. Yeah. Well, we had to be very careful because normally the PS4, all the purchases are made under my account. So I had to find a way to be able to allow him as a uh, sub-user yep. and an underage sub-user at that oh, to yes. be allowed to make a purchase. So he made the purchase and sure enough, that stuff attached only to his user and did not attach to my user. So we're, it's, a, it's a good thing that we didn't uh, uh, do what I initially was about to do, which was, oh, well, yeah, we'll just use my, my regular account. I had to gift him uh, money into his account so that then he could go on to the PlayStation Store and, and download it properly. Right. So that's the, that's the downside that, uh, you know, it used to be, oh, yeah, you buy something and it's good for anybody that uses that particular device. Uh, nope, it's now you buy something, it's your user. It's not that device. So it's, it's a give and a take, but I'm definitely more inclined to, especially with a game like Pimble Arcade, which you can play across multiple platforms, it would be so nice to not have to re-earn these things on every single platform. Yes. It'd be nice if like, I know that like, it's interesting you bring this up because on some games, like I'll use the example here of uh, a game developer studio called Butterscotch Shenanigans. What they have is they have their own, that they plug into things like Google Play and all that sort of stuff as well. But what they do have is their own like custom user management system. In their game, they call it the um, the B Scotch ID, and regardless of what platform you're on, Steam, mobile, iOS, like whatever, this system is available in every game that they produce. So, if you are using the same ID on Steam and on Android and everything, all your achievements are synced. I don't know ah. whether they're synced. Through, I don't know whether they're synced across platforms, but I know that I, I think I seem to remember that if you earn something in a game, it adds it to your butterscotch ID as like an achievement. So regardless of what platform that's on, you should still be able to have that linked in, if you know what I mean. So yeah. now Farsight had the same thing, right? They have a Farsight ID yes. um, and that you must create. Yes. So why wouldn't you actually have a master list of goals exactly. that are synced across every single platform? It makes so much sense. The challenge exactly. would be though, that you would have to sort of go, okay, so like in the, I guess the minimum viable product, if we're talking of software terms, you'd have to go, well, do I uh, push the assumption that everyone will use the Farsight ID website to check their goals? Or do I, how do I actually mirror that information back through the apps using their different frameworks, using all that sort of stuff, you know? So how do I write essentially an API that every version of my app, i.e. Pinball Arcade, can use to suck this information into it type of thing and then publish that information back up to the main um, Farsight ID website or tracking system. Well, because here's what you I know. would love to see, personally. Mm. I would like to be able to, over and over again, get wizard goals and standard goals. Yeah. I'd, and now maybe we only get the notification the first time that you achieve it. But it's, um, you want to count. You essentially want to. I want to count. I want to know how many times have I achieved that particular goal, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because there's some of them that I achieve all the time, over and over and over again. And yep. it would be really nice if there was some kind of a. Uh, I know that Farsight a long time ago said, "Hey, we can't keep stats of you know how many times you went up a ramp, how many times you you know did this kind of a save or whatever, because you're in the emulation." But yeah. if it can keep track of, you know, because of certain things are triggering. Yeah, trigger the, events the, the should be triggered. Well, those triggers should happen over and over and over again. And I would love to know how many times I've triggered those things. And that way it's not so much, oh, thank God I finished all the wizard goals. Yeah, that's good enough to get the achievement of, yes, you finished all the wizards. But then to see, hey, how many more times do you do it? And if you were doing it across all the apps or all the uh, platforms you play it on, then it can even break it down to, oh, you've achieved it this many times on Steam, you've achieved it on, uh, you know, iOS, you've achieved it on, you know, Xbox One, you know, whatever, that it, that it has 
a breakdown so you can look at some of your stats and see how you're doing. And that way, yeah, your achievements, hey, if I achieved, if I got all the wizard goals on Steam, it automatically would you know, show that I have all the wizards on all my other devices. Mm. Um, but that I could still look and I could still achieve them on those devices and still get those wizards and still uh, have it uh, show how many times I've, I've gotten those. Because there is a bit of a thrill in getting some of those. There's sometimes when I've, uh, you know, after doing Battle for the Kingdom once, the next time I did Battle for the Kingdom, it was kind of disappointing to not see the little badge pop up. You know, mm, it was like, oh, exactly. man, but I did that again. You know, so yep. I, um, it's one of those things I would love to see Farsight implement. And I can't see that it would be terribly difficult again because these are trigger events. They are. Just how, how many times it's triggered. But they, all they would need to do is on every app, they just need to make an API, which is an application programming interface that's unique to like all the apps across all platforms, and then just expose what they call the endpoints of each of these event triggers to the tracking system. And so every time something pushes in, it just goes, yep, updates the master tracking engine, and it creates a record basically in your database. So it would not be that hard to do. They just have to make uh, an API for the app specifically. And I don't know why they haven't done so already, because it will give them so much more data on what people are doing as well. Like in the well, app. you think about it too, because with the head-to-head, -head, their eventual uh, intention is that it doesn't matter what platform you're playing on, other than the consoles. Uh, Xbox and uh, PlayStation have a locked community. Yeah, uh, they, it's, it's a walled garden for sure in those ones. Right, but yeah. uh, the eventual plan is that Android users, iOS users, uh, Wii users, and uh, Steam users can all go head to head with each other. It doesn't yeah. matter what platform you're on. So if you're already planning on doing that, why would it matter? Why do you have to keep separate goals per platform? That's, you know, that's it should that be reason. a cloud. It should be a cloud-based uh, save. It should, and it should be seamless. This is the thing that's yeah. bad at the moment. And it could be seamless if they implemented their own API. And I just don't think they've done that. They're relying on the other um, systems, um, cloud save infrastructure to do that. Yeah. And I, I just don't think that's right, really. Um, so yeah, I think that's something worth uh, exploring further. And I might mention that along with Spork's feedback about the um, the backup um, mm -hmm. syncing in the beta form and see if we can get some traction on that. Because like he says, and rightfully so, there is a code available that will manage that for you without a problem at all. And if that's right. the case, it just needs it. I know the reason why they haven't done it is that initially when it was implemented, I got the line that, well, we want to give users the ability to control what data they synchronize and when they synchronize it. But I made the point right then and said, users don't give a crap. They just want it to work. So they don't yeah. want to manage anything. They just want their data synchronized so they know without a shadow of a doubt that when they earn a goal, it's recorded and it's saved in case of catastrophic behavior. Yeah. Which pretty much is the reason why I made that Android user guide. That motivation right. and this whole thing around the um, Google Play save thing is the reason why I made that user guide to start with because it was just such a disconnect from the way that everything else works on Android and mobile in general. So I just went, no, nah, this needs instructions because it's it's <laughs> totally it's totally like unintuitive to the user. So yeah, that, that was the impetus for it. So there you go. <laughs> well, uh, this has been uh, an excessively techie talk uh, yeah. uh, podcast this time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, so, uh, uh, but since you did the intro, Jared, why don't you yeah. do the, uh, the, the outro that I normally would do? Make okay, sure you, so... I, you, you got it. You got to hit all the bullet points. Oh yeah. All the bullet points that I don't know anything about. All right, let's rattle them <laughs> off. Because we've had some changes recently, right? So let's be... see how well Jared does. Yes. All right. So if you'd like to have a chat to us, uh, why don't you reach out to us on Twitter? So I am Jared Morgs on Twitter. Uh, he is Shut Your Traps on Twitter. If you want to interact with neither of us and just go through the amorphous Blarcade um, service, you can do that too at Blarcade. Um, also, check us out on um, our website, which is blockadepinball.com. That's where you can go and get information about show notes and timings and links and all sorts of fun things about every episode we do. Um, so the other thing you can do as well is if you don't like to do any social media at all, you can just email us at blah, 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 at gmail.com. 
and you can send us any email, which we did actually receive an email this week, didn't we? We absolutely um, did, and uh, we responded and uh, had a little conversation going on. It was great. It was good to see the feedback coming through. So if you've got any um, long-form suggestions that you want to give to the show, we'd love to hear those on email. Um, and I think that pretty much wraps it up as far as social media goes for us. Of course, um, if you'd like to support the show, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can buy a T-shirt, which are available at any time and produced rather quickly, usually within a week of ordering, because um, that's where we got the campaign set up. You can do that at um, represent.com forward slash blockade dash shirt. And you can pick a range of colors and sizes available to your particular requirements. The other thing you can do if you want to support the show and don't like t-shirts, you can go and support us at Loot Crate, which is trylootcrate.com forward slash blockade. Aha, uh -huh, yes. And then, of course, the code you need to use to get your 10% discount off your crates is bridge10. That's bridge10. Um, so check that out as well. It's, uh, it's great to um, see people supporting us in any way they can, but a little bit of money coming our way helps keep the show up. So... Thanks for your support, uh, whether it's just contacting us via social media or or sending us a little bit of a, uh, money here and there. I mean, we have both a PayPal as well. So if you prefer to just not buy anything and just give us a direct donation, that's fine <laughs> as well. Um, so yes, we do actually have a proper PayPal account for Blockade. So um, you can um, give us a, a little tip here and there, buy us a beer, and that'd be awesome as well. So uh, if you want to do that and you don't know how, just let us know and we'd be happy to help you out. <laughs> What are we going? What are we going to talk about next week, Jared? Um, lots of stuff and things. <laughs> See, That's you have learned. Talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we're going to talk about next week: stuff and things. And things. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should probably wrap it up. Um, I am Jared. Thanks for listening. I'm Shut Your Traps, aka Chris Priebus. Talk to you next week. See you later, guys. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods and buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favourite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. Here, Jared, this is for your outtakes at the end. Uh, acapella right. version of Jared Tech Talk. <clears throat> Jared Tech Talk! Jared Tech Talk! Jared Tech Talk! Jared Tech Talk! Jared Tech Talk!